This is Carolyn Martin, and we're here for the second edition of Talking Art. And I have with me today Benjamin Fox, who's the co-owner and creative force behind Raztax. If you've not been to Raztax, it's a unique space located at 2108 3rd Avenue in Rock Island. It includes a cafe, an art gallery, hosting rotating exhibits from local artists. It, it holds uh, film screenings, hosts poetry readings, houses a media library, and is a music venue, all designed to inspire a local creative community. So, Benjamin, I'm excited to speak with you today because you've single-handedly created this space in our uh, community for art to flourish. Thanks you, for inviting me. You're welcome. Thanks so much for coming. You described Raztax as a European-style cafe, so describe that concept to me. Um, well, when I think of a cafe, I think of something that involves not only coffees and teas like what we think of in the States when we think of a cafe, um, but something that you can also go and get a meal at or um, possibly even stay, um, you know, mini hostel style. Um, lots of different things happening in, in cafes uh, in Europe. And I think they have um, since the beginning of the whole cafe society thing, you know. There are many different things that you have at your beautiful space. And of all the adjectives um, used to describe what you house, cafe is, is kind of a, is somewhat of a central theme. There are uh, also other ways to describe your place. We talked about some words. Uh, when I think about the art and what you have to offer, I thought of terms avant-garde, alternative, experimental. Um, you use different terminology to describe your place yeah i like i like the term outsider art mm-hmm. um I, yeah i think it it involves uh a lot of sub uh, genres and subcultures in that um that i think more galleries and spaces around the world are picking up on mm-hmm. i mean there's whole you know outsider art fairs um there's a huge one in new york uh my current resident uh, artist Stuart shepherd is uh part of a group that's curating an outsider art fair in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big one in Paris, and I'm sure London probably has one as well. Mm-hmm. But. So, and you became exposed to this time, type of art gallery, this space um, this, to create art um, in your travels abroad, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit mm-hmm. too. I was um, happy to have you on today because we wanted to notify the public and about an upcoming event that you are hosting it's called the Lowland Block Party, and it's this coming weekend on Sunday, October 1st. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so it's Roz Talks and uh, Labor Space, which is the building next door to us, um, which houses a sort of industrial arts space on the, the first level in this old printing uh, print building. And then the second floor is all uh, music studios, um, future, future Apple Tree 2, is the main one. It's all analog. Um, but we partnered with these two guys that own that building. Um, so we have nearly a half block of of uh, territory that we can use uh, for this block party. And we don't actually have to block off the street for it. This is a family-friendly event. Yeah, for sure. Correct. Yeah. And what kind of things will you be offering there? Um, and there's going to be some local vendors selling an array of things, um, anywhere from zines to, um, you know, like a mini flea type, you know, Vintage stuff or, or old things. And zines being magazines. Handmade zines, yeah, handmade handmade zines. Um, 
think magazine, but but scaled down quite a bit, and usually very specific in the content, and not you know, um, definitely a handmade thing. Uh, a, a big zine culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the weather permits, it'll be outdoors. There'll be some uh, handmade pinatas. I understand. Yeah, and some, some face pinatas. Paintings. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely friendly for for kids. There's going to be a dunk tank too. <laughs> So we're going to hope for great weather. So again, that's on Sunday, October 1st. And the Lowland Block Party that you're um, that you're hosting is part of a larger event um, called the All Senses Festival. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's um, – so Bob Harrington over at Ragged Records put this uh, fest together. Um, and the idea was to, was to create a festival um, – I mean, Bob knows so many people in the in the music industry in in and outside of this area. So, uh, and he's got his own record label, Cartouche Records, um, and this is all happening here in the Quad Cities. And and I think it was inevitable that he would put together a festival. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's bringing in some really great acts. It's mostly revolving around psychedelic music, um, anywhere from folk to to pop, mm-hmm. but all in that kind of psych realm. The All Senses Festival, you can get more information by logging on to allcensusfestival.com. What I'm excited about is that Ross Talks is hosting a poetry readings, um, actually on two separate days. That's at Ross Talks. Tell us about that. Um, so that's curated uh, through the Midwest Writing Center with uh, Ryan Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's 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 our go-to guy for, for poetry and has and brings in some really great names from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be uh, organizing two readings on both Friday and Saturday throughout the day. Right. And they're featuring, featuring both regional and national poets. So if you have uh, some time this weekend, go ahead and head on down to Raz Talks and check that out. Um, you can also get some um, great food and provisions at your place. Tell us about uh, what you have to offer at your cafe. Uh, well, I'm excited about the uh, the banh mi sandwich, which is this Vietnamese-inspired tofu uh, on a hoagie roll um, with pickled daikon and carrot, cilantro, mm-hmm. chili sauce. It's good. Mm-hmm. You have some Asian-inspired foods. Um, you also make a lot of uh, food items yourselves. You serve curries, some pestos. Yeah, the Japanese curries a hit. Soups. Um, there's also a few curious things. You're known for your cupcakes. Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, my mom makes some great cupcakes. We've mm-hmm. had those since day one. Your mom is Marissa Sorrells, mm-hmm. who's a co-proprietor of Rostex. Correct. And uh, there's kind of a cupcake theme throughout, uh, which I think is hilarious. Uh, on the sign mm-hmm. above Rostex is a, is it really a close-up of someone with their mouth wide open? They're they're shoving a cupcake inside. Yeah. And there's also a handmade sign that's Asian inspired um, indoors. Tell us about that a little bit. That's kind of a curious piece. The of indoor art. piece. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was that was made by a local artist named Charles Knudsen, um, and it's this you know four foot standing geisha. Uh, holding a cupcake, <laughs> and it's actually a part of a two-piece, uh, a, a set of two, um, and the back is supposed to be this dragon painting that hangs two-dimensional on on a wall in front of or in the back of the the geisha, and she's kind of feeding the the dragon, you know, mm-hmm. this cupcake. 
So uh, there is a connection somewhat between the cupcakes and the other Asian-inspired things you have. There's uh, there's one curi- curious thing there uh, that's a Japanese whiskey bar. Tell us about that. I didn't know that Japanese made whiskey. Yeah, um, a lot of people didn't, uh, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. And I did want to bring in some kind of spirit, you know, some kind of uh, a harder drink, a harder liquor. Um, but I definitely wanted wanted it to be curated and didn't want to have a full a full line of of drinks. And Japanese whiskey just sort of stood out for me. It's something that I really enjoy myself and and wanted to bring something new, you know, to the table. There's a few other places that have Japanese whiskey in town, but not all the lines that we carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. that. Um, you'll find lots of surprises at Restex. Uh When I first heard about you, I had to have someone spell the name for me. It's mm-hmm. Roz, R-O-Z-Z, Tox, T-O-X. And there's a curious story behind that name. Why don't you fill us in on that? <laughs> I've, told this, I've told this story so many times that I might even mess it up. Um, but Gary Panter uh, is this outsider artist from L.A. who's currently in Brooklyn. But in the late 70s, he started working on this piece or this idea of uh, Raz Tox, which was, um, I believe, initially supposed to be the uh, a sci-fi idea of music in the future after rock and roll died, um, but eventually became just a name that he would put on um physical pieces of work that he would finish and then in the eight in 1980 um, he wrote an 18-item manifesto uh, that was basically encouraging artists to work within the capitalist system because uh, whether we like it or not it's it's you know the world that we live in and uh, if you want to reach more people then you have to play the game and kind of swim with the with the current there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There aren't very many art movements that have a written manifesto, so I thought that was interesting. There are several quotes from that manifesto, and one is, we are building a business-based art movement. This is not new. Admitting it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's great because it really underscores the fact that, that the art you create does need to reach a greater audience, and that's going to happen if... If it's sold and if there's marketing that goes along with it and if people come into your space to, to take a look at it. And mm-hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, so I thought that was um, interesting. And another part of his manifesto is this quote, capitalism for good or ill is the river in which we sink or swim and it stocks the supermarket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you could tell he was having fun with this yeah. when he wrote it. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. So you ended up using that. As your the name of your business, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, got permission from from Gary Panter to do so. I did, yeah. Um, so I I was really surprised uh, that nobody was using this name because it had existed for thirty years before I wanted to do anything with it. Um, and when I asked him, he was very uh, understanding and and quite charming in the email, and uh, said that. Every time somebody had brought up the Roz Talks throughout the years, it was always involved in something that he could personally stand behind and, and, and support. So he 
without even meeting me first, he granted me permission to use this name. Um, and I told him exactly what I was doing, and, mm-hmm. and I think he could understand mm-hmm. pretty fully what, what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, without meeting me, gave me permission. That was pretty nice. Tell us about your space as an art gallery. You have uh, rotating artists who display their work. Mm-hmm. Let's hear about that. It's a monthly rotating exhibition. Um, it's been going on for uh, nearly six years now. Um, and all local artists uh, every month changing. Usually we're booked about a year out, um, but I've kind of scaled that back to like six months. Mm-hmm. The current exhibit is David Balif, um, and you change on the first Friday of each month. Mm-hmm. Uh, is where people could reach out to yes. you if they have art that they wanted to discuss with you. Yeah, there's a contact page there. Okay, great. Um, you also are a, men, a music venue uh, with a few stipulations. You primarily showcase artists that play original work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no cover bands, no cover songs. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, one slips by, but it's kind of hard to, you know. Approximately, how many concerts a month do you host? Well, this year I've been also scaling back on that, um, but for the first five years, you know, we would do. I think, you know, anywhere from four to six shows a week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's... Yeah, I think the community primarily got to know you through hosting Molar Mondays. That was a popular series. You offer a great service for the musicians who come and play. You have a place for them to stay. You run somewhat of a mini hostel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've got a couple rooms upstairs. Um, uh, my apartment is, is on the second floor, and along with... Uh, two open rooms that we make available for touring artists and also a residency. Mm-hmm. Great. Upstairs is this fabulous space. For those who come into Raztax, you definitely need to know that there's a staircase on the right-hand side, and that takes you upstairs to um, a space that has numerous places to sit uh, and reflect. It's full of books. It has a media library. It has a chess, a chess set. Um, tell us about your media library, what you might find there. Um, older media, <laughs> dying media, you know, like VHS and, and actual uh, paper books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're all donated, uh, the books. And then the, the, the movies, we just sort of pick up as we go. Mm-hmm. Your mother, who's a co-proprietor, Marissa Sorrells, talked about the community and the fact that people really have been very generous in terms of giving back to you. Mm-hmm. You started this building in a, um, I don't want to say run down, but it was a part of Rock Island that's not as visible. Um, but yeah, that's people correct. have yeah. been generous with sharing things. Um, it's not in the district. It's down the street. Mm-hmm. It actually is a dead-end road. You're not yeah. quite there at that dead-end space, but you've helped to rejuvenate that area. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's a urban planning term that I, I think really applies to your to your business, and that's creative placemaking. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been reading a lot about this term lately. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it involves artists, art organizations, um, community planners who work together to transform communities, often s- somewhat more blighted areas, that into more lovely, beautiful places. So it's revitalization, and I think you've really 
created that type of space. And that's one reason why I wanted to have you here today, uh, because I think that's really important work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the space next door to us um, uh, would probably would not have um, moved in there. That studio would not have moved in there if we hadn't already been around for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So you can start small and then it really builds from there and it's, it's yeah. fun to see that. Mm-hmm. You're from a Moline originally. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit, bit about what you did as a young person and how that influenced the creation of Ross Tox. At 19, you moved overseas to China. Mm, yeah. So, well, I, yeah, I did grow up in Moline, um, a, a pretty standard childhood, I guess, in the 80s and, and early 90s and, you know, playing in ravines and you know, going to school and and having you know, monster clubs and and tree houses and stuff. Uh, but I I saw my first uh, show in a coffee shop when I was fourteen, and it was this coffee shop called Smile, and I believe it was in Davenport. Um, but it was it was just a coffee shop, and they opened late, and they had um, hardcore and punk bands in there, and I saw a hardcore show. And people were going crazy, you know, moshing and crowd surfing and drinking coffee. And it was was quite an experience and definitely um, a a very pivotal moment in my life where I kind of started leaning toward that subculture of, you know, coffee shops and music shows and uh, artists and creative types. So, you know, I, I started going to more shows then and then eventually... You know, five years later, uh, decided that I wanted to leave the country. I wanted to travel and learn a different language, and China stood out for me. Mm-hmm. So you learned Mandarin there, and you went to Guangzhou, mm-hmm. and you taught English. Yeah, that I, that was kind of forced into that. I didn't really. That wasn't why I went there. Mm-hmm. But it helped. You had still had to sustain yourself while you were there. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you started working at a place called Loft 345. Tell mm-hmm. us about that. Um, yeah, so that was my hangout spot at night. You know, I would get off work. Um, for a short while, I was working at, at this jazz club, and I'd get off around 1 in the morning and ride my bike to Loft, which is this, uh, you know, 40 studio, uh, three-floor, 40 studio um, art space. And in the center of this, there was a sort of communal bar for all of these artists. So every night after work, I would ride over there and hang out with all these guys and, um, you know, till, you know, four in the morning. And and it was a really great time. Um, uh, I liked it so much and went there so often that the boss offered me a job there. And when he did, I quit the jazz club and uh, started working every night at this place. And, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like stepping up the ladder, you know. I, I eventually took it over. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he opened the, my boss at the time opened a bigger space, and I took the space at Loft, which didn't really have a name, but those, the art space was Loft Three Four Five. So the bar inside of it just, you know, by default was called that. Right. So to me, that sounds like a larger version of Raztox. It's a place with a bar. You can get something to eat or drink. Mm-hmm. There's artists with different um, with different interests working in different media, in, yeah. in different media, different genres, all together. Um, so I'm. I mean, if I had a if I had a big warehouse space here, I would be doing that exact mm-hmm. same thing. But and there are a few models of that across the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and much larger. Uh, I mentioned um, Copycat mm-hmm. before, which is in Baltimore. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't know. There, so there's been um, a lot of spaces like this being closed down in the States uh, over the last year, mainly because of safety issues in them, and people people are living and working in these spaces. And uh, there was a, a big fire in Oakland in December of last year uh, at the Ghost Ship right. Warehouse, which yep. is very similar to what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of publicity about that. Yeah. A- um, so since that fire, uh, a lot of um, you know municipal governments have been kind of combing through their cities and seeking out these places and seeing if they're safe or not. And if mm-hmm. they're not, they're closing them down. Yeah. Um, which I, you know, I agree with safety first for sure, but um, there's also a lot of displacement involved in that, and like putting people, you know, a lot, a lot of these artists are living. That's their home too, mm-hmm. you know. After your time in China, you moved back here, and Rastax opened in April of 2011, mm-hmm. uh, and you just seem to be uh, kind of uh, improving it bit by bit. Initially, did not have the upstairs component, which is right. really nice. Um, yeah, I like a slow growth, you know. So um, th- you've described Rustex as having a do-it-yourself ethos. It's mm-hmm. um, you're working primarily with uh, Marissa and then a sound uh, person. Yeah, the, yeah. The main, uh, you know, there's everyone involved in it is is very important to what we're doing, and it's a really small operation. And my mother and I are, are, are you know, the, the bones of this and, and keeping it, you know, open and running and the programming and whatnot. But the production side of it, um, Ian Harris has been an incredible help for us he, nearly since day one. Um, he's been there. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely a huge, a huge part of this, mm-hmm. um, the sound engineering and helping us build this, uh, you know, the production side of, of the whole thing. Which is, you know, how we can do shows and, right. you know, also brings people in. Right. Well, it's amazing to me that with uh, such few people, you've been able to uh, create this place. And um, you've described it as a living room that invites intellectual thought. And I think that mm-hmm. really summarizes what you've created. For those of you who have not seen Rust Talks, I would encourage you to um, head down there again. It's 2108 3rd Avenue in Rock Island. Um, if you're interested in poetry, go down Friday or Saturday. And again, the Lowland Block Party is Sunday, October 1st. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, Benjamin, for coming in and talking uh, with me today. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK.